This is the Wikipedia page for Ellen and William Craft, Part 2. You're listening to the podcast where we read Wikipedia articles and provide commentary. Welcome to Wikilisten. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Renato, KSN. You ready to finish this story? Uh, yes, we are ready. We It looked grim for their escape earlier. And we'll see what happens next in the story of Ellen and William Craft. All right, here we go. Flight and life in the United Kingdom. Aided by their supporters, the Crafts decided to escape to England. They traveled from Portland, Maine, overland to Halifax, Nova Scotia, where they boarded the Cambria bound for Liverpool. The abolitionist Lydia Neal Dennett arranged their passage on the first steamship that ever sailed from Portland, Maine to England. As William later recounted in their memoir, it was not until we stepped ashore at Liverpool that we were free from every slavish fear. They were aided in England by a group of prominent abolitionists, including William Armistead, with whom they were residing in Leeds when the census was taken in 1851 and who recorded his guests as fugitive slaves and Harriet Martineau, who arranged for their intensive schooling at the village school in Ockham, Surrey. Having learned to read and write in 1852, Ellen Craft published the following, which was widely circulated in the abolitionist press in both the United Kingdom and the U.S. The pro-slavery press in the U.S. had suggested the Crafts regretted their flight to England. She said... So I write these few lines merely to say that the statement is entirely unfounded, for I have never had the slightest inclination whatever of returning to bondage. And God forbid that I should ever be so false to liberty as to prefer slavery in its stead. In fact, since my escape from slavery, I have gotten much better in every respect than I could have possibly anticipated. Though, had it been to the contrary, my feelings in regard to this would have been just the same, for I had much rather starve in England a free woman than be a slave for the best man that ever breathed upon the American continent. Anti-Slavery Advocate, December 1852. The Crafts spent 19 years in England, where they had five children together. Ellen participated in reform organizations such as the London Emancipation Committee, the Women's Suffrage Organization, and the British and Foreign Freedmen's Society. They earned speaking fees by public lectures about slavery in the U.S. and their escape. William Craft set up a business again, but they still struggled financially. For most of their time in England, the Craft family lived in Hammersmith. Ellen turned their home into a hub of Black activism. She invited fellow Black abolitionists to stay, including Sarah Parker Remen, and supported other abolitionists such as John Sella Martin. According to the one eyewitness, her sophisticated grasp of the power of political improvisation was acute, and an instance of this grasp was displayed during a dinner conversation she had with the former governor of Jamaica, Edward J. Eyer who had recently suppressed the Morant Bay Rebellion, whom she was seated beside. Unaware of his background, she discussed the situation in Jamaica with him, and when it was pointed out to her by other dinner guests who she was sitting next to, she subtly criticized his decision to execute Jamaican politician George William Gordon for his supposed involvement in the rebellion. 
do you not yourself, sir, feel now that poor Gordon was unjustly executed? In another encounter with the American lawyer Charles F. Brown, also known as Artemius Ward, who was notorious in his racist portrayals of African Americans, Kraft, looking him straight in the eye, challenged him and stated he should never again write anything which shall make people believe that you are against the Negro. After the end of the American Civil War, Ellen located her mother Maria in Georgia. She paid for her passage to England, where they were reunited. Return to the United States In 1868, after the American Civil War and a passage of constitutional amendments granting emancipation, citizenship, and rights to freedmen, the Crafts returned with three of their children to the United States. They raised funds from supporters, and in 1870, they bought 1,800 acres of land in Georgia near Savannah in Bryan County. There, they founded the Woodville Cooperative Farm School in 1873 for the education and employment of freedmen. In 1876, William Kraft was charged with misuse of funds, and he lost a libel case in 1878 in which he tried to clear his name. Wow, uh, that's a turn. Yeah. The school closed soon after. Although the Crafts tried to keep the farm running, dropping cotton prices and post-Reconstruction-era violence contributed to its failure. Whites discriminated against freedmen while working to re-establish white supremacy in politics and economics. By 1876, white Democrats regained control of the state governments in the South. In 1890, the Crafts moved to Charleston, South Carolina to live with their daughter Ellen, who was married to Dr. William D. Crum. He was appointed collector of the port of Charleston by President Theodore Roosevelt. The elder Ellen Craft died in 1891 and her widower William on January 29, 1900. Running a Thousand Miles for Freedom This book provides a unique view of race, gender, and class in the 19th century. It offers examples of racial passing, cross-dressing, and middle-class performance in a society in which each of these boundaries was thought to be distinct and stable. While originally published with only William's name as author, 20th century and more recent scholarship has reevaluated Ellen's likely contribution, noting the inclusion of material about Sally Miller and other female fugitives. Reprints since the 1990s have listed both the crafts as authors. Their escape, and particularly Ellen's disguise, which played on so many layers of appearance and identity, showed the interlocking nature of race, gender, and class. Ellen had to perform successfully in all three arenas simultaneously for the couple to travel undetected. Since only William's narrative voice tells their joint story in the book, critics say it is suggestive of how difficult it was for a black woman to find a public voice, although she was bold in action. Brusky says that in the way that she used wrappings to muffle her during the escape to avoid conversation, Ellen in the book is presented through the filter of William's perspective. Historians and readers cannot evaluate how much Ellen contributed to the recounting of their story, but audiences appreciated seeing the young woman who had been so daring. On one occasion, a newspaper notes there was considerable disappointment when Ellen Craft was absent. Since they appeared over a period of 10 years as William recounted their escape, they could respond to audiences' reactions to Ellen in person and to hearing of her actions. It is likely their published account reflects her influence. Legacy and Honors 
1996, Ellen Craft was inducted into Georgia Women of Achievement. Their life accomplishment and history are displayed at the Tubman African American Museum in Macon, Georgia. They are mentioned in connection with the Lewis and Harriet Hayden House on the Boston Women's Heritage Trail. In September 2018, at the village of Ockham, Surrey, where they found refuge, a sign commemorating their escape was unveiled at an event attended by their great-great-grandson, Christopher Clark, and other descendants. Their residence in Hammersmith, London, is commemorated by a blue plaque on the wall of Craft Court, the office of the Shepherd's Bush Housing Association. English Heritage announced that Craft, along with her husband, William, was one of six women whom they were honoring with a blue plaque in 2021. The plaque was unveiled in September 2021. Wow, that is such an amazing story. Yeah. And so heroic, except for the part where he got sued for being liable. But other than that, everything else is amazing. You know, I feel like that's just part of the story. <laughs> and then he made a couple of, couple of shady deals. It happens. It happens. It's a, I mean, it it really is an incredible story. I think there should be a movie about it. It's amazing. It Maybe is there amazing. is a movie about it. There's a book, at least, that they wrote. True. This has been the Wikipedia article for Ellen and William Craft, Part 2. If you have a Wikipedia page you want us to read, tell us about it. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. To support the show, go to patreon.com slash wikilistenpodcast and find us on social media at Wikilisten and at wikilisten.com.